Homeschooling isn't just about education. It's about your kids, it's about your family, and it's about a lifestyle. Hi, my name is Jackie and I'm the founder of Homeschool Think Tank. The Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast is about community, family, education, and life. I believe that these are the things that matter to homeschool families. Tune in each week and let's talk. I'll bring you a message from my heart, an expert interview, or an interview with the ultimate homeschooling experts, homeschool families like yours. Remember to check the link in the show notes below and you'll find an article that corresponds with this episode. Finally, remember to visit homeschoolthinktank.com for more information about how we serve homeschooling families. All right, let's get started with this week's episode. Before we dive into this episode, I want to acknowledge that the sound quality is not as good as it is when I do a podcast episode today. I recorded this a very long time ago and no longer have the original file, but the content within is still interesting and good and I think helpful. And I also think it's a good throwback to see how far I've come in podcasting because there's a big difference between a current episode and this episode. So please, if you're new around here, go find a newer episode. (laughs) And if you're a longtime listener, thank you so much for listening to the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast each and every week. So what we are talking about is becoming a minimalist homeschool family. And I want to say I'm not a minimalist, but I'm a whole lot more minimalistic than I used to be. And I think there is a lot of value to having less stuff. So enjoy this episode. And again, I've come back in just to redo the introduction and outro, but the rest is all the same. And I have to say, I do think you're going to find this entertaining because I was still such a new podcaster. And today I am going to visit with you about minimalism. Now, I am not a minimalist, but you could say I lean toward minimalism. And I'll tell you when that started. But first, let me let me tell you a little bit about why I think this matters to you as a homeschooling parent. I believe that when you lean toward minimalism, it opens up more time for you to do the things that you really enjoy. Now, I was not always a minimalist. I'm I'm not a minimalist, but I sometimes feel like I could go that direction pretty easily, especially if I was a single woman, which clearly I am not. I am a homeschooling parent and I'm a married woman, so I have a family. But when it comes to my own personal belongings and the things I have in the house, I definitely lean toward minimalism. And now some people might think if you're a minimalist, you have like, you know, less than a hundred things, or you just don't have a lot of things. Now I think, yes, you don't have a lot of things and I definitely have stuff. Don't get me wrong. And if you look in my husband's shop, oh my gosh, we have stuff or in some of my kids' spaces, we've got stuff, but I personally don't own a whole lot of stuff considering I have a family. So here's how I went down the minimalist road. Several years ago, my husband and I really considered living in a fifth wheel. 
Now, let me explain. He had the opportunity to take a position with his company that would have opened his territory up from, from where we live in the Southwest to California and also including Alaska. Now, we were never going to like travel all the time, but what we had thought we might do is go and stay in one location for two or three months and just explore that area, you know, sort of have a home base and then go somewhere else and have a home base. Sometimes I wish we would have done it. We came very close to doing it. We actually bought a used 40-foot fifth wheel. It had two bathrooms, two bedrooms, like a kitchen, a 14-foot slide-out, two 7-foot slide-outs, and two 6-foot slide-outs. I mean, it, we were as long as semi-trucks when we were towing it. It was huge. And even a washer and dryer. It was very livable as far as a fifth wheel goes. Now, when it came right down to it, I couldn't quite do it. I just, I guess the house we were in at the time, I felt like we'd put so much work into it. And it was about perfect. It was just about the way I liked it. And there wasn't much left to do, so I didn't really want to sell. Now, we eventually ended up selling because our kids got into horses and we moved so we could get horses. I didn't foresee that at the time though. We really thought we were going to be in that house for like 20 years, unless we did the fifth wheel thing. But I also just wanted that safe backyard for my kids and just sort of knowing your surroundings. Now, if I would have known we were gonna move anyway, I would have ended up doing it. But that, so we ended up selling the fifth wheel. We didn't end up doing the whole traveling thing. But by going through that experience, it literally changed me to my core, where I used to just go and shop and just buy stuff just for the sake of buying stuff sometimes. Um, I quit that <laughs> that summer before we thought we were going to move. So as we were getting ready to move into the fifth fifth wheel, which is a, a camper, a trailer that you tow behind your vehicle, if you don't know what that is. Anyway, before we were getting ready to move, clearly, we were moving from a 2,000 square foot home, and we were going to be, with all the slide outs open, I think we were pushing 600 square feet. Not much space, considering where we were coming from. Plus, we, you know, had the garage and a shop. Yeah, so it, not a ton of space, but at the point that we we were like, sure, we were going to do this. We decided one evening, it was like Friday, Friday in the day. We decided we were going to have a yard sale because clearly we had to get rid of some stuff if we were going to live in a fifth wheel. Now, in less than 24 hours, I pulled out so much junk from our house, just everywhere, books and knickknacks and furniture we didn't really need and just so much stuff and we I just loaded it in the garage and then I the next morning I got it out and threw it out in the in the driveway and we you know we had our yard sale and holy cow we made several hundred bucks from that yard sale and I I couldn't believe how much stuff I got rid of in less than 24 hours. I was, I was just shocked at how much I got rid of. And so after that yard sale, we took almost everything that was left to Goodwill and donated it. 
then we saved like the things that we thought were worth a little more money and we saved it for the next yard sale or we put it on Craigslist or eBayed it or whatever. And then a month or so, month, four or five weeks later, we did it again. I pulled all new stuff out of my closet and out of all the crevices in our house and under the stairs and just everywhere. I pulled all this stuff out. We did it again. We had another yard sale and made just as much money or around as much the first time. Now, here's what happens, though. While you're sitting there selling all this stuff, you're selling it for pennies on the dollar, you know, and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking about all the money that we have wasted over the years just buying this stuff just to buy it. But not only the money, but the time that I wasted. I thought about all the time that I spent shopping for this stuff that I didn't even need. And then I thought about coming home and cutting the tags off all of the clothing that we didn't even need. And just all this stuff. And then I love books. Our family, you know, we love to read. And we had all these books, but Gosh, just around the corner was a wonderful public library, which we donated all of those books to the library. I, I mean, we donated, a, I, I guess we had some in the yard sale, but we donated a ton of books to the library. And then guess what? A month and a half later, we did it again. We got rid of so much stuff again. Now, here's what happened every single time. We literally loaded all the stuff that was left. And there was a lot of stuff left after every yard sale, even though we lived in a great location. We had great yard sales at the time. Now we live out in the country. <laughs> I tried to have a yard sale. I'll never try again. I had like three customers, you know, <laughs> over the weekend. It doesn't work too well in the country. Anyway, you, I, I was just shocked at how much we got rid of. But then the, the burden, this like release and relief of not having this stuff. And now I didn't have to organize it anymore. I didn't have to buy little containers to put all the junk in anymore. It, it was just gone. I didn't have to deal with it. And it was liberating. It was absolutely liberating. Well, this whole experience led me down a road where I started reading about minimalism, where minimalism was barely in my, my vocabulary when we started all of this. And I, I started following the min minimalists, is what they call themselves, um, Ryan Nicodemus and Joshua Melbourne. And then from there, I learned about um, Leo Barbuda, Bar Bar <laughs> I'm slaughtering his name, zenhabits.net, I think is his website here. Anyway, I'll link to that in the show notes. And I'll link to some of these guys and some of the things I refer to in the show notes. Anyway, he, this guy has like six kids and he's a minimalist. I thought, well, geez, if he's a minimalist, I could become a minimalist. And so I just, I started following all these people and Joshua Becker and, you know, people who have families too. So the minimalist guys, the guys that call themselves the minimalists, they don't have kids. So I, I couldn't relate with that really well. But these other people, I was like, well, they're, they've got kids like me and they're minimalists. So I just, I started reading about this. Now that, that summer that we were thinking we were going to move into a fifth wheel, 
at some point we we literally we owned the fifth floor. We we had it, and I knew how much closet space I was going to have. I believe I was going to have it was either 24 or 48 inches. It was a pretty big closet for a fifth wheel. I'm thinking I I might have had 48 inches to myself, but it might have been 24. It wasn't much. And so I literally practiced that summer to see if I could live this lifestyle. I pushed all my clothing to the back of the closet and I marked, I literally took a tape measure. It had to be 24 inches because I did not have four feet of space that summer. And I put the clothing that I would wear all summer long in a 24 inch space. And do you know what? I did it. I did it. I couldn't believe how little I could live with over the summer. Now, clearly that was just summer clothing, not winter clothing. I, I couldn't believe it. And I couldn't believe all the toys we got rid of. Oh my gosh. It was, it was liberating. And I couldn't believe the time I started finding because now that I didn't have all this junk, I had more time. And I'll tell you, it's not like I really did it overnight. It became a process. And at some point, I, you know, it's been so many years ago now, I can't totally remember how it all went. But at some point, clearly, we had decided not to do the fifth wheel thing. We sold it. And I still had stuff, nothing like I used to. So I had more leisure to go through it. And in hindsight, I, I had wished that I would have just got rid of it more ruthlessly, just been done with it and not overthought it because I, I feel like I overthought so many things. And in the end, I ended up getting rid of so much more and geez, by just deliberating over it and him hawing over it. I wasted so much time. That's really what I did. I wasted a lot of time. So in hindsight, I wish I would have just been more ruthless and just got rid of more things more quickly. Now, I'll tell you something else I had actually been doing for years before we did the fifth wheel that really was helpful. And actually, as I was telling my daughter what I was going to be doing on this podcast, we discussed it a little bit. And I was so glad I talked to her about it because I'd forgotten all about this. And I think you'll find this very helpful as a parent. Now, what I have always done years ago, I actually worked like at a child development center, a nationally accredited child development center. It was very good. Anyway, I learned a lot of skills that eventually helped me to become a better parent. And it's been a while since I've thought about it, how many great things I picked up there because they were such a quality child development center. The kids just got so much attention and it is a child to teacher ratio was so great. And I really loved working there and loved being with these little ones. Anyway, something they did there that I learned is they rotated toys. So when you rotate your child's toys, they don't get bored of them, especially let's say, you know, they're three, four or five, or I guess as long as they're playing with toys. So for years, I did this as a mother, I rotated my children's toys. So for, let's say we had Tinker toys and we had train tracks and we had Legos and we had building blocks. 
Now, there might be times where the kids played with a couple of those things together. They really like their building blocks and their train tracks together. But I would have the Tinker Toys put up and the Legos put up while those things were out. That made cleanup much easier because you don't have all these different building things. And then, you know, I don't know, doll houses and toy horses and different things. So I would rotate the toys. I would literally box them up and put them under my stairs. And you would have only one set of toys out for about a month. And then I would put those away, and then we would get the next set out. And it, it was genius, really. I mean, it wasn't my idea, but it was genius to do this. Because when you got the toys back out, it was like Christmas. The kids were so excited. And here's the new toys. But let me tell you the, the secret. <laughs> this is like parenting 101 here. But if you don't know this. And I probably wouldn't have done this had I not worked at that child development center or knowing this. When you rotate those toys out, what that happens is your kids forget about all the junk they don't need. And you know the junk I'm talking about, the little gift things they get at a birthday party or at a fast food restaurant or just wherever. The, the stuff they pick up or even... Bless her heart, my mother and I would get my kids so much stuff. And okay, like the little Winnie the Pooh thing, while it was cute, it would like start talking in the middle of the night. It was a little freaky and it served no purpose. It was like this electronic toy and it really did nothing, you know. And so all the kids liked it in the 30 seconds once a week, they <laughs> played with it. It sat there in the way and it was just one more thing or you know just some set of junk anyway when you rotate those toys out that is your opportunity as a parent to get rid of stuff yay get rid of stuff just get rid of it and now okay I'm not totally like cold-hearted or anything so what I would do is I would put it in a separate box or bag or whatever to get rid of and I would hold on to it. And so I would have all the toys that I planned to put back into rotation. And, you know, the next time we rotated toys and the kids could play with it, I'd have those ready. And I would keep the junk that I thought I could get rid of and they would never miss in a different box, like knowing I was going to donate it or take it somewhere. Anyway occasionally there was that one thing that they really did love and you know what I could go fish it out of the box that I hadn't quite gotten rid of yet and bring it back for them because they missed it you know even after two months they missed it and they still wanted to play with it so to me that's worth bringing back but most of that stuff you could just get rid of and it doesn't matter so anyway I am telling you becoming a minimalist or leaning toward minimalism is life-changing. So we can talk a little bit more about how to do this toward the end, but I'm going to I'm going to get to the why I think it matters so much. The less stuff you have, the less you have to do. The less stuff you have, the less you have to do. So this gives you time. It's time to do stuff with your kids. It's time to read with your kids. It's time to 
do more things with your kids on your own, whatever. It, but instead of cleaning the garage for the weekend, you can actually go do something. Now, back when we were at that house, we really, we even went through the garage and got rid of junk and our garage was like spotless. It is not that way today because, yeah, it's a different lifestyle we're living in. But it really was, it was liberating. It was so liberating to get rid of all of this junk and just be done with it and not organize it anymore. And I got, I got so much time back. But then as I started reading more about minimalism and gosh, I feel bad. I'm slaughtering this guy's name. Leo Bar, B-A-R-B-U-T-A, I think. Barbuda? <laughs> just don't know how to say it. Anyway, you know, the guy with six kids, if I recall correctly, he talks about in one of his books about not just becoming a minimalist with your stuff, but becoming a minimalist with your activities that you do and being very cognizant of where you spend your time. And that was that was pretty liberating, too, because I we just had so much time. You you become more aware of where your time is going and what you're doing and you just it's a becoming minimalist it, there's a lot of awareness that happens when you do this. And so while I can say I am not a minimalist and I know that, but I have so much less stuff than I ever would have had had have I not gone through the experience of thinking I was going to move into an RV for whatever period of time. I mean, we really just wanted to get rid of almost everything. And had a had have I not gone through that experience, I would have never encountered minimalism, really. And it's worth looking into and it's worth considering. And I'm telling you, so Here's something to just sort of keep in the back of your mind. If you decide you want to explore with minimalism, I suggest starting with your own stuff. Not your children's, not your spouse's, but your own. So for me, that started with my closet and maybe my craft room and, you know, a little storage area where I have stuff. Start with your own stuff and then branch into family spaces. Like my husband and I, actually, I'm not sure if he helped me with that. I went through my kitchen. I think he did help me, actually. You can't believe the stuff I got rid of out of my kitchen. So many duplicate pots and pans and just, I don't know why you just keep buying stuff, but sometimes you do and you're like, wow, that was money poorly spent. So, going through your kitchen, you would be shocked. If I could ever get my husband to go through a shop like I went through my kitchen, I would be jumping up and down for joy. We did we did go through it a lot back then, though, because at that house, we actually had yard guys. And we started looking at all the yard stuff, and we're like, well, we're done landscaping our yard, and we had done that ourselves. We don't really need four shovels anymore. So, we turned it down to one shovel. Now where we live in the country, we need four shovels. But we didn't see ourselves moving to the country and having horses and all this stuff back then. So 
just think about it, you know, and every lifestyle is different about what you actually need and don't need, but start doing that. And then as a homeschooling parent, I am pretty minimalist with my homeschooling stuff. You know, I, I buy what I need and I tend to get rid of it when I'm done with it. And I, you know, I might keep a few little things, but I always remember we have a really nice public library that has a whole lot of things that you might need. And the internet is our friend with, the, there's just so many resources where you can learn online anymore. So it, I don't feel the need to keep every little thing. I, I think I am definitely different than most homeschoolers I know in that regard, because most homeschoolers I know have a lot of stuff. And, you know, that only you know what you're, you feel need or what you might need for the next kid or whatever. But getting rid of it means you don't have to dust it and you don't have to organize it anymore. And it just clears up time. And so I was thinking about this a lot today because I've been cleaning my house. Sometimes I, I let it go a little bit. <laughs> and but it, I am grateful because when I go to clean my house, even if I am working at it all day long, I can generally pretty much get it done in a day. And, you know, that's with some pretty deep cleaning. And that is because I don't have so much stuff. When I had more stuff, it wasn't as easy to do that and get rid of or to get things clean, as clean as. I was able to today. So I just want to talk to you about this because I think leaning toward minimalism is liberating and it has helped me have a better life. I have no doubt about it. And I have one more thought on this that I almost forgot to mention to you. Years ago, even before, no, it was with the minimalist stuff, or maybe it was before the fifth wheel thing. I don't remember. Anyway, it just sort of hit me. Oh, I we have we have we are fortunate. We have so much family around us and so many people who love us and love our kids and I'm so grateful for that. But especially when your kids are really little, it's not such a problem now that my kids are older because they tend to like get one big thing they really want. But when they're young, everybody gets them so much stuff. And it's absolutely overwhelming and I don't know about you but I do not function well when my house is an absolute mess which is why I cleaned house today because I recognized that it was getting in the way of me doing what I need to do and being at my best because things were getting a little messy and I just I couldn't take it anymore so when you I, I actually made this decision at some point because I recognized when my kids were younger I would get so upset because I mean they would just you know dump everything out and have just stuff everywhere and then I am very tidy and orderly by nature so I may let my house go a little like it needs dusted but generally most stuff is picked up but it just got dirty you know like anybody's house gets dirty you need to clean it and things do get a little awry but overall it's pretty it's pretty tidy anyway um 
but it would just drive me insane. All this stuff everywhere. Even though I rotated the toys, they still had way too much junk. Even though I rotated the toys. And at some point I realized it was not worth damaging my relationship with my children over this junk. And that's, I mean, that's really how I felt about it is I am getting frustrated and upset with my kids because they're not picking their stuff up, but they're not picking it up because they have too much and they were young enough to, you know, they have limited attention spans and it just wasn't worth it. And I would much rather my children have less stuff and a happy mother than more junk and a mom that's getting crabby because the stuff is just a mess and it's just everywhere, you know? So anyway, just consider that too. If you find yourself getting, you know, upset or frustrated with your kids and I mean, okay, my kids still have stuff and I still am like, go clean your room and one daughter is tidier than the other. That's for sure. Um, thank goodness one of them's tidy. The other one, she is so creative. And I sometimes I think, but that creativity just comes <laughs> a little bit of messiness. But anyway, it's, it's, um, I'm not saying I never have issues. I do. But it sure is easier and it doesn't take my kids as long to clean their rooms when they do get messy because they don't have as much stuff. So just something to consider. And I really do think that for many of us, I don't know about that it's for everybody, but I think I'm a little type A-ish. Um, I think some people would say I'm a lot that way. Anyway, and I don't know what my Enneagram number is. I haven't done that yet, but I got to do it sometime. I've got to do the Enneagram thing. Anyway, I like a tidy home and I function best in a tidy space where I don't feel overwhelmed by the junk. And it, I know for a fact that I am a better mom when my home is tidy and fairly organized and pretty clean. It doesn't have to be spotless, but pretty clean. I do better that way. And if you do better that way too, minimalism might just be something to explore and you might find that it's better. And one last thing, there is a show on Netflix that I love and I watch it once in a while. It's uh, Marie Kondo, The Art of Tidying Up. And my best friend actually told me about her book years ago. And it's a uh, it's very captivating and I find it to be inspirational. So if you find yourself wanting to clean, you might check that out. And there are actually even a couple minimalist podcasts out there. Sometimes I'm not sure how much you can say about minimalism, you know, just have less stuff. But I, when I am purging, because I do go through phases where I get more junk again and then I need to purge again. But I am always going back to that less stuff, even after I forget for a while. And I love thrift stores. So if you're a thrift store person, you know you can get come home with some treasures. And it doesn't take long to have too much again. Anyway, so I have to limit my time there. Because, yeah, I like the, I like things. But I, I like getting a good deal. And I and I like sort of the unique things that you can find there that, I don't know, you're just not going to find it somewhere else. Anyway, so 
I can I can definitely go away from it for a while, but I always try to come back to it. So you might like Marie Kondo's The Art of Tidying Up, and I'll link to some of these things, and I may even link to some other things. And, oh, and I forgot, I almost forgot. Would you please subscribe to the podcast? And if you like it, give it a thumbs up, maybe even a review. It really does help. And let's say this was shared out somewhere other than the podcast, wherever you are, give it give it a little review. It helps a lot, and I really do appreciate it. Okay, I left the ending part of that outro there because it made me laugh. So if you've been a longtime listener and you've heard other episodes too, by all means, leave this podcast a review. But I am so grateful that back then, when this was first published, nobody left a review. So you were listening back then. Thank you for not leaving a review. (laughs) All right. It might seem sort of weird, but I sometimes think there is something to be said for leaving a little bit of throwback from where you came from. And this is where I've come from. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast. And I hope you have a great week. Listen to some more recent episodes. We've come a long way. Live and learn your way. My name is Jackie, and I am your host of the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast. Bye-bye. I want to say thank you for listening to the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd like to ask you to take a moment to follow this podcast and share it with a friend. Remember to check the show notes for a link to the article that corresponds with this podcast episode. In this article, we'll include any links that we mentioned in this episode. And remember that you can search all of the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast episodes at homeschoolthinktank.com.